2: Live from Liverpool, The Dark Paranormal Season 8 Hi everyone and welcome back to The Dark Paranormal Season 8 Thank you so much to everyone who's reached out with comments and feedback regarding the show over the last 7 days One big question we're getting asked is, will there be a special for Halloween? And I alluded to it on a previous episode, but yes indeed, there will be. Some of you have worked out that Season 8 will finish in the middle of October, and therefore, given the season break in between seasons, we won't be back until November. But of course, we're a paranormal podcast, and Halloween is our favourite time of the year. And although we normally do put out an extra episode during that season break, this Halloween, we've got something extra special planned. Let's just say on Halloween weekend, you're going to want to make sure that you've subscribed to the show, so that those episodes drop into your feed. But let's pull ourselves back to the middle of September where we are now. Walking around the other day, it was easy to notice that autumn is on its way in. Leaves are starting to fall from the trees, and there's a slight chill coming into the air. It truly is the season to share your true paranormal experiences to those with inquiring minds. And that's exactly what one of our listeners, Mary, has done with her experience today. I've expedited this story up on season 8. The reason being it asks a question that we very rarely ask on the show. And that is, what happens when the ghost that's haunting you is in itself being haunted by something much darker. However, before we take a look at Mary's true paranormal experience, I of course need to thank our wonderful team over on Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes ad-free and before everyone else, but you also receive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites releases each and every Sunday, even on the downtime in between seasons meaning that you never miss your paranormal fix, and there are hours of unheard stories for you to listen to. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over on Patreon, and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal, just like these wonderful new team members have. Abigail Marks, Ryan Hewitt, Rebecca Pickard, Debbie Sanders, Hannah Barton, Oscar Prudencio, Heather Mason, Bladestorm Storm eighteen zero, Elizabeth Dalton, Mike Guerrero, Lisa Hauser, Andrea Brown, Tracy Brown, Heather Walsh, Laurie Haddon, Katie McCormack, Stephen Flynn, Sharon Gibby, Jennifer Abel, Crystal Tongay, Linda Martinez, Kevin Slough, Carrie-Anne Henderson, Jalen Gomez, Bethany Wood, Katrina McKee, Mary Joseph, Dev G, Muerto Grimm, Tony James and Sam Walker. Thank you so much for joining the team over on Patreon, guys. I hope you enjoy all the early released ad-free content and, of course, those Dark Bites episodes each and every Sunday. Don't forget, if you'd like to join those guys over on Patreon, head over to patreon.com forward slash Paranormal. But right now, it's time to lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and, of course, leave your disbelief at the door, as we hear all about The Gathering Unseen. First, I would like to just say thank you for your podcast. It's made me feel a little less alone, having had the following experience. Also, after having listened to all of your stories, I've not heard one quite like ours. I feel like maybe these energies were drawn to our home because of the dark entity that resided there. I just don't know. I really feel like the dark part of this story belongs to a little girl named Alice, much more than it belongs to me. She was the target of malevolence, and I truly feel like her story needs to be told. Well, at least the little bit about it that I know. The year was 1997. I, at 29 years old, had married my then-husband Bob, who was 43, And we lived with my daughter, who was four and a half years old. We bought a house together in December of 1997. It was an older house, built in the 1930s, but was in beautiful condition and it sat in the middle of seven acres of land. It was located in the rural area of Bullskin Township outside of Connellsville, Pennsylvania, perfect for my horses, my dogs and my family to enjoy the house was about 90 foot long by about 30 wide and it had no basement but did have two separate attic spaces at each end of the house each with a pull down ladder for access there were three bedrooms two bathrooms, a laundry room a living area with a huge eight-foot fireplace a kitchen, an office and a dining room It's hard to describe how much I loved this house. It needed a little painting and basic upkeep, as it had sat empty for many years. I would go there in the evenings alone to paint. It would be rather dark when I got there to paint, as it was winter here in Pennsylvania. But I was so excited that it didn't bother me in the least to be alone there at night. At least... Not at first. I would be sat in a world of my own, painting away and... I began hearing noises, scrapings and light taps. I figured it being winter and an unfamiliar house, that this was just the house. Sounds that I wasn't yet used to. And I refused to let my imagination run wild. I would just turn up the music and continue my work. After all, I never got a bad vibe or a weird vibe from the house, and I couldn't wait to move in. Plus, if there were spirits, then surely we could share the same space peacefully, right? I was in the third bedroom painting when I noticed something on the wall across the room. From my position, it resembled mould. As I approached the spot on the wall, it began to take shape. It looked very much like a woman's head portrait. Long curls coming from under a fancy hat, like the Victorian era style. I stood back staring at it, and I was in awe at how very cool this was, and I couldn't believe that I'd not noticed this before. It wasn't a very detailed type of thing, But the shape I described was there And everyone I showed the picture to agreed with me They all definitely saw the fancy lady I actually hesitated to paint over it But eventually I did After about a week of painting for the few hours a day that I could The mood changed I began to feel very uneasy being there alone at night I felt as though I was being watched, very closely watched. The crawling feeling on the back of your neck warning you of danger, and turning up the music was not helping. If anything, it made me more anxious and it lessened my hearing. I thought that putting up curtains might ease that feeling, but it did not. I kept telling myself, stop watching scary movies. Or, it's just your imagination. And those things would comfort me temporarily. Sometimes I would drop everything I was doing and leave for no real reason other than an intense feeling that I needed to leave. From then until four years later when I eventually left, I never felt alone in the house. Eventually I finished all the painting and we all moved in happy to have a beautiful home, forgetting the silly feelings of being watched now that we had furniture and our daily chores and our lives to live in that home. And then, items began to go missing. Mostly salt shakers. I would buy new ones and away they would go. Gone. I questioned my daughter a few times, but she said no. She was sure she didn't take or misplace them, and swore she had no idea where they were. Months later, doing some light cleaning, I moved up my dresser, and there they all were. I suppose we could blame my daughter, but I honestly believed her when I questioned her. One day I was making my daughter a treat to take to her Bible school for all the kids, and I turned around and the spatula I was using was just gone, nowhere to be seen. I opened the dishwasher to see if it had been placed in there, and when I leaned back up to the sink, it was right there, where I knew I'd put it down initially, but it wasn't there a second ago. Cupboards and closets would be opened in the mornings, despite being confident they were closed before bed. Lights throughout the house would be randomly turned on or off, to the point we thought we might have electrical issues. We even had an electrical inspection, and it was all found to be fine. And then there would be strange noises in the hallway. It was almost like you could hear whispering in the hall closet, and the more you listened, the fainter it would get. But if you just walk past it, You would swear someone was talking sometimes. Doors throughout the house would be opened and closed of their own accord. My husband was constantly blaming me for shutting the laundry door, but I never did as I knew it should remain open because of the dampness and it needed air circulation. I'm positive my daughter didn't shut the door either, as she avoided that area of the house for the most part. All very innocuous, random things that could be explained away at a sensible person's whim. Yes, I know. Things eventually progressed past the point of explanation. I would say that within a year, I was at the point of actually witnessing events both visually and audibly. And not just me and my daughter, but sometime later, around two years into this, my science-minded husband who had no time for this sort of thing, witnessed something too. My husband had a very secretive government job. To this day, I couldn't tell you what he did. He would tell me he did quality control, but never any details. His security level required me to actually pass a certain level of clearance myself, and I would have to fill out a yearly questionnaire. I say all this to try and explain my husband's character. He was a no-nonsense type of guy, and he couldn't believe some of the things he would end up witnessing. My daughter attended all-day kindergarten at the local elementary school, and I preferred to shower right before she got home. I always turned the shower on before I got in, so it would be nice and steamy when I finally did step in, and this day was no different. I steamed up the bathroom, showered, and when I stepped out, I instantly noticed a smiley face drawn in the steam on my bathroom mirror. This was not here when I got into the shower, and I was home alone. It even had the drips running down the mirror that a finger would leave if it had just happened a second before. There I stood in my bathroom, naked, and staring at a smiley face, alone. I don't know how long I stood there trying to reason this event, but finally, I just breathed in, said okay then, and wiped the mirror clean. I figured it could have been a lot worse than a smiley face. When I told my husband, he laughed at me. Keep in mind that there were always strange noises and light tapping about this house, So we all got used to it, but we could never figure out exactly where these sounds were coming from. My husband said it was likely the house settling. Okay, that's likely. Our bathroom had a his and hers sink, along with matching mirrors above the sink and directly behind you, you would be able to see the his and hers towel racks. My husband liked the towels to be hung perfectly and not crooked or balled up. One night after washing my face I straightened the towels behind me and then turned to the mirror and behind me I could see the towels I'd just straightened were now all askew. It happened so fast and chilled me so much that I ran to my bed and covered my head like a child. I lay there trying to calm myself down when I started to feel something near my head outside of the blanket and then Help me. something loudly whispered in my ear I was instantly paralysed with fear I couldn't speak or move I think if it would have said anything else I might have died from fright my husband lay about two feet away from me and yet I was helpless to cry out I don't even know how long I lay there, but eventually, I fell asleep. When I told my husband, he laughed at me and said my imagination was playing tricks on me. Again. My daughter's bedroom was a little girl's dream. Brand new, white pine furniture, tons of stuffed animals, and of course, a closet full of toys. She always had an interest in music, so she had a lot of musical toys musical instruments, etc. Sometimes, she would tell me that she heard her musical toys playing in her closet at night. I heard them as well. I told her that electronic toys sometimes did that and she should ignore it. Eventually, she complained about it that much that I removed the batteries so that she wouldn't be afraid and she'd get some sleep. But of course, we'd be laying in bed at night and... This would continue even without batteries. I just wasn't sure what to do. I tried to reassure her as best I could, but she was always afraid at night and would cover her entire head to sleep. I would feel relief for her when she would go to her dad's at the weekend. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about policy genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where policy genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how policy genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about policy genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. And you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to-do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. The back field area behind our house was kind of like a mowed maze, and so we referred to it as the maze. I was clearing it out bit by bit for my horses, but at that time it was like a winding mowed pathway. My daughter was out there playing one day, when she walked up to me and said, There's a girl in a white dress walking through the maze. I quickly looked over, but there was no one there. My head was spinning, but I said, oh, it's, it's likely a neighbour or someone out for a walk. But deep down, I feared otherwise. Now comes the events that weren't so easily explainable, or even funny anymore. Even to my husband. This is about two and a half years into our lives there. My daughter's now about six years old, Our laundry room was nearly directly below the rear attic access. I'd been up there a few times and there was so much stuff up there, I loved going through it. These were things that were left here from many years ago by people I'd never met. Antiques, letters from World War II, beautiful old dishes, pictures, newspaper clippings. It was like a little treasure trove and I had fun looking through it. Though I loved going through the things, I did not have fun being in that space. It was somehow oppressive up there. It always felt like I was somewhere I shouldn't be when I was up there. I felt rushed to leave every time. I would start sweating and get really thirsty and even lightheaded. Eventually I quit going up there and I even left everything up there when we eventually moved out one day I was standing directly below the access to the attic contemplating going up there one more time maybe it was all in my there was an intense pounding above me the shock and the sheer volume knocked me to the floor I covered my head and lay there curled up in a ball it went silent now but any thought of going up there were gone forever. Again, my husband blamed my imagination and seemed amused by it all. For now, anyway. But he was next. My husband usually called me on his lunch break to check in and say hello. On this day, he was sounding weird and hesitant, and finally said, I have something to tell you. I was instantly worried that something had happened to a family member. But he said when his alarm went off that morning, he got up and when he turned to go to the bathroom, he saw a man in our room. The man, as he described him, was dressed in an old-time-looking sea captain's uniform, like the captain from the Titanic. He said he was older with a white beard and large hands. He said the man was looking at him and talking motioning expressively with his hands as people do when they're excited about something. My husband said for all the talking he was doing, he could hear no sound from his mouth, just lips and jaw moving, hands motioning and eyes excited. My husband took a step towards this man, and the man moved opposingly. He said that every action he would make, the man would take the opposite action. Finally, my husband made it to the other side of the room near the bathroom door and the captain was now on the opposite side of the room near his side of the bed, still talking and still no sound. My husband said he sensed an urgency from this man but could never figure out what it was that this man was trying to portray and eventually the man faded away. When my husband finished this story, My first thought was, and you left me here home alone with some random Captain Ghost? Really? He said he felt no intended harm, just this sense of urgency from him. We never saw this man again, but we did find out more about him, and that will come later in this story. After my husband's experience with the man in our room, he started seeing other things in the house. One night, he looked over at me and said, "'You didn't see that?' I was confused and said, "'See what?' He said, "'I've just saw a parade of shadows on that wall, "'like a group of people walking through the living room.' I hadn't seen this, but I did believe him. I didn't laugh at him or tell him it was his imagination. He would regularly see shadows throughout the house, I never did, though. The final straw for me came one night as I sat in our living room late at night alone watching TV. My husband and daughter were sleeping in their rooms down the hall, and the carpet in our house was fairly new, and when you walked on it, it would make a distinctive sound, especially in a quiet house such as it was that night. The darkened back area of the dining room was about 40 feet from where I was sat. I had my back to that area, flicking through the channels when I could hear running footsteps coming towards me. It got louder and closer. I braced myself in the chair, but it ran past me, down the hall, and whatever it was seemed to slam loudly into our bedroom door and something seemed to scream my husband's name. Directly after this, I heard louder, stronger footsteps, as if something large was chasing something small. The force that hit our bedroom door seemed so powerful, I totally expected our door to be smashed to bits. I sat there fully expecting to see my husband and daughter come running out to see what had just happened, but nothing. Surely they heard that, I was just so confused as to what was happening. I sat there for a while and then hurried to bed. Opening the door, that was perfectly fine, not even a dent. This event disturbed me because I felt there was danger involved. I wasn't sure if it was me in danger, but I knew something dark, something bad, had passed by me that night. And what was the thing in the attic? I'd not mentioned much of any of this to my sister previously, but the next day I called her, in tears, and told her about the night before. I didn't go into detail about everything else, but I told her as I was afraid, and I thought maybe about calling a church for help. She agreed that I should feel safe in my own home, and that she would look into getting me help as well. She called later on that week and told me to be home on Saturday afternoon. That she'd arranged a lady to come round who says she can clean my house of spirits. Sounded good to me. I asked my sister where she found this lady and she said a friend of a friend. My sister had never spoken of this lady before but took the word of her friend that she was the real deal. Okay. What I didn't know then is exactly how incredible of an experience this woman would be. During her seven-hour visit with us, I was in a constant state of awe. My sceptical husband would never be the same after her visit. She changed our lives forever. She walked in and introduced herself as a native spiritualist and immediately asked us to be silent and have a seat, and we did. She had her eyes closed and would turn her head occasionally, as if listening to something. It was an uncomfortably long time before she explained what was happening. Ah, they're having a meeting about me. They don't want me here. I remember kind of laughing when she said they were having a meeting. But she didn't laugh. She gave me a look to let me know this was a serious and non-laughing matter. She said that the gathering of their forces or energies is not an uncommon thing amongst the unseen. She had seen this before. She walked about our house, spending a lot of time in each room, sometimes speaking words in a language that I wasn't familiar with. We all sat there for well over two hours while she walked around each room of the house, revisiting some areas, saying whatever her words were, and making motions with our arms and hands. We were getting very restless, and when she finally came to us, she explained a few things. She began, You have a spirit of a man who used to live here. He doesn't want to believe he's passed on, and he doesn't like you living here. So he steals things, opens cupboards, turns lights on and off. He tries to be an annoyance, thinking you might leave. She went on. Next you have a woman. I don't know where she came from, but she stays in your hallway closet, humming and doing needlework and lacework. She doesn't want to be bothered. She doesn't even acknowledge that you live here. I interjected and said, I was in that closet. I could hear things sometimes. The lady nodded her head and said, Please, let me finish. The rest of what is here is not so easy or kind. You may ask questions and add to it when I finish. The man in your bedroom is attached to your husband. This man has made himself the guardian of him. He has been trying to warn your husband about the others. His spirit energy is simply not strong enough to make words aloud, but he tells me that he has tried. He is glad that I'm here. Next, there is a little girl here. Her name is Alice. She says she lived here around 125 years ago with her grandfather. She loves playing with your daughter's toys. And she's having a hard time communicating with me, but... And this is difficult to hear. But I understood that her grandfather accidentally killed her during the process of abusing her. He choked her to death, and she has been here ever since. When her grandfather finally died, he came for her, but she finds ways to hide. She said something about becoming dim, and then he cannot see her, but sometimes he catches her unaware and chases her. When he catches her, He steals what she calls her light. I'm not positive what that means, but she exists here after being forever terrorised by that man that murdered her. Lastly, you have a very dark, negative energy in the attic area. It's best for you to leave that area alone. By myself, I am not powerful enough for such a dark force. It's not a demon, but it is equally as evil. To banish this negative energy would take a special ritual with more people and could possibly take days. However, it likely won't bother you. It has no interest in you. It's content being in the attic. It just does not want you up there. We all sat there, silently staring at her, just trying to process everything she said. I mean, everything she said made sense and corroborated perfectly with the events in our home. I asked what could be done to help Alice and she explained that Alice was more terrified to leave than to stay and she'd become attached to myself and my husband. She said she would have to help Alice understand that it was okay to leave. She gave me a little prayer of sorts to say aloud every day. Three times a day at least. And she said that eventually Alice would make her way to where she needed to be. As for the horrible grandfather, she said that she put a protection on our property from him, but it would only hold for a while, so we needed to make sure we got Alice on her way as soon as possible. She claimed that the old man and old lady had agreed to move on, and they were gone forever. The captain, she said, would never leave my husband as long as he was alive. She said it's not uncommon for a spirit to attach itself to a human. She said that once Alice left, then the grandfather would move on as well, leaving us just with the thing in the attic. I was astounded, yet strangely unbelieving of all this. It was all just too much, just too much. Honestly, after all the activity in our house I found it almost anticlimactic that some lady came and spent the day effectively ending it all No drama, just a very peaceful cleansing The woman said a final blessing in her language and I handed her some money but she refused saying, this isn't the kind of thing that should be done for money and then she was gone The next few weeks I read the prayer aloud, being sure to say Alice's name before and after. We lived there another year and a half and it was really quiet, no more events. I'm sure that Alice finally found peace. But as for the thing in the attic, well, it could stay there for all I cared as long as it left us alone. And it did. I feel bad that Alice did not get earthly justice for the crimes against her, but I do feel honoured to have been a part of something so beautiful as helping her to move on. The house has since been torn down, and I still wonder, what of the thing in the attic? Is it out there somewhere now, looking for a quiet place to exist? Thank you so much, Mary, for getting in touch with your true paranormal experience. The idea of one spirit being tormented by another spirit is one that I don't believe we've featured so far on The Dark Paranormal. And I'm so glad that you appear to have brought some peace to the spirit of Alice. As for the entity in the attic, well, like you, I strongly don't believe that it disappeared with the destruction of the house. So, given the timelines involved in the story, if you or someone you know lives in the Pennsylvania area and around the year 2000, suddenly out of nowhere, had an evil entity move in with you, then please do get in touch. The Dark Paranormal at Hotmail.com Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me here on The Dark Paranormal. Next week, I have one of those tales for you that sticks in your brain. I know ever since I've read it, there's not been a day that's gone by where it's not made an appearance in my thoughts. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you on Sunday for yet another episode of Dark Bites. And for everyone, I will speak to you next Friday when we return with what should be a classic story. But until then, remember... When you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave a piece of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here on The Dark Paranormal.